to talk to you about your words. Uh, so I had this little phrase. This isn't new. In fact, it's kind of churchy, I guess. But because the church words, you don't really, you don't use these words much outside of church, a little bit. But I just wrote down from, from grace to glory. Grace to glory. And the Bible says that we are saved by grace through faith. And we want, we want to think it's the other way around. We're saved by faith through grace. And that's not it. We're saved by his grace. That's his unmerited favor. That's his generosity. That means it starts with him. He initiated. He favored you. While you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. It is his heart to come and save you. He created you. We broke it. He came and rescued you and saved you. It is his grace that saves you. And it's through our faith that he is who he said he was. It's through our faith in him that we experience his grace. So it starts with his grace. Everything starts with God. Everything. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the one that creates the seed and gives seed to the sower. You didn't create the seed. And he's the one that causes the harvest to happen in your life. We talked about forgiveness a couple weeks ago when I was up here. And we read a verse that says, if I forgive, then my heavenly father will forgive me. If I don't forgive, he won't forgive me. We think, oh my gosh. So it starts with me. No, 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 no. He forgave you. And who am I to receive this forgiveness and not forgive other people? And if I want to walk in his forgiveness and walk in the freedom of his forgiveness and walk in the freedom of forgiving you and not being bitter, then I receive his forgiveness and I walk in the freedom by walking in the forgiveness by forgiving the same way he forgave me. And as I'm walking in forgiveness, I'm living in his forgiveness. And I get to give him glory because my life is free from bitterness and anger and frustration. So I produce different results. And because I walk in forgiveness with you, it's the catalyst for healing in your life. Who gets the glory? He does. From grace to glory. We talk about obedience. John chapter 15, we're going to touch on it. God's love is unconditional. But the Bible says in John 15... If we want to remain in his love, remain in his love, wait a minute, the love is unconditional. Here it comes, all the love, nonstop, 24-7, 365, boom, 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 love, 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 woo! But if I want to remain in it, then I'm going to have to walk in obedience to him. Don't worry about what's on that line yet. I'm coming to it. But it starts with him. The love starts with him. I respond with obedience, and it produces results that give him glory. I came from him, and I'm going to return to him. Everything starts with God and ends with God. That's why I'm going to tell you again, it's not about you here. And I don't just mean here. I'm talking about earth. It's not about your wealth. It's not about your house. It's not about your achievement. It's not a go do it and use it for glory because the purpose of your life is about the commission of getting people to him. God saved us. He tore the veil when Jesus died, which allowed us bold access into the presence, the holy presence of God so we could have a relationship with him. He created Adam and Eve to have relationship with him. Their lack of obedience kicked them out of the garden. Did God love them less outside of the garden? No. Was life harder outside of the garden? 
Who kicked themselves out of the garden? They paid a consequence. Not because of God's heart. Not because of God's love. Not because of God's forgiveness. Because they chose to get out of the love. They chose not to remain in that intimate walking with God. They had access to it. And now you have access to it through Jesus. Through one man's disobedience in Adam, sin came in the world. Death, separation. But through one man's obedience, righteousness. You're in right standing with God today. Some of you don't believe me when I tell you that. You start doing your laundry list of all your screw-ups. Why don't you take me at my word because I'm quoting his word. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You, in and of yourself, can't do it. You can't do enough things right. You can't give enough. You can't serve enough. You can't be enough. On your best day, what does it compare with how great God is? Who are you that he should be mindful of you? How is God so mindful of us? Who are we? What, what, I mean, the most, the most prolific people in our history, Benjamin Franklin, he did some stuff. When's the last time you thought about him? You see what I'm saying? And we're all wound up wanting to do stuff for the earth. Great, go do it. But when they talk about your life, what do they talk about? Man, it goes back to him. It's for his glory that we go do great things. It's for his glory that we build the church. It's for his glory that I have more than enough to give to every good work. Go get it. God's giving you the power to get wealth. Deuteronomy 8.18. Go get it. But not for you. Use it. Bless your children. Bless the neighbors. The neighbors. But use it to give to every good work. Let's get the gospel to every nation. Let's make an impact with it. Let's be hospitable. Get a bigger house and have bigger parties to tell people about Jesus. Right? Let's get it all. So here's the deal. Today I want to talk to you about words. The words of God come from God. They come into my life and they begin to come out of my mouth to return fruit back to him. Your words are essential to the culture of your life. I preached a message a while back about the culture of your life. Inside of a seed, an apple seed is an apple tree. The potential for an apple orchard is inside the seed. Did you create the seed? No. God created it in Genesis. It says he created it to be reproducing of itself. He, like people say, what came first, the chicken or the egg? What a dumb question. Do you know the answer? Why not? Did God create the chicken? Okay, there's your answer. And he created them to produce. He created apple trees. And inside the fruit of the apple is seed for more trees. It's, it's a reproducing dynamic. Inside the seed is an apple orchard. What determines the outcome of that seed is the soil that we put it in. 
The word culture means to cultivate the soil. What is the culture of your life? What is the culture of your mind? What is the culture of your heart? What is the culture you put yourself in? What is the culture of you listen to? What is the culture that you say? What is the culture of your life? The words that we speak are the catalyst to the culture that you create. Your words have so much power. So much power. So much power. Why? Because God's word is power. The power of his word is what breaks the yokes of bondage. The power of his word is what sets the captives free. The power of his word is what saves men and women to the kingdom of heaven. It's the power of the word that's a living and active alive. It's the power of the word that heals and transforms. It's the power of the truth, of the liberty of the truth of God's word. There's a power on it. And you were created in his image and his likeness and your words have power. And so we say so much negative nonsense, so much baloney, so much stupid stuff. Well, everybody's getting sick. The sickness is going around. Everybody's getting sick. I hadn't got sick yet, though. You're putting your hope in that? Seriously. We're believers. We got the gospel. Let me tell you something. Sickness doesn't get to come near me or dwell with me. Well, that's a pretty bold statement. You're dang tootie it is. Because I'm putting my confidence and by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed. I'm putting confidence. We put little red ribbons above our doors. Is there any power in the ribbon? No. It's what the ribbon represents. Sickness is now welcome in our house. You say, well, what if it comes in? It doesn't get to stay. It doesn't get to dictate. My life is not submitted to some worldly report. My life is submitted to the God's promise and the word and the lordship of Jesus. So I'm going to talk that way. I don't even know where I'm at in my notes. Listen to this. Isaiah 55, verse 10. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. Where does the rain come from? Where does it come from? It comes from him. And it causes seed to grow and it produces bread in the end. So he causes, he, God is the essence of life itself. He's perpetual motion. He's always been, he always will be, he's always on. And the flow of his Holy Spirit, his power, his life is constant. He set things in motion and they're still going. He causes the rain to come down and it produces seed, which we, which we steward, and it produces bread for hungry. So who's the provider? He causes the rain, he causes the seed, he feeds the hungry. It's him. He causes it. And just like the rain and snow come down, da da da, verse 11, it is the same with my word. The same. I send it out, and it always, everybody say always. 
always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Can I get a hooty hoo for that scripture? Are you, are you, did you get it? He causes the rain. It starts with him. It ends with him. And his word that is power, that is life, comes from him. He framed the world with his words. And he has put his word in our hearts. His spirit lives in us. I preached a message a while back about Christ in me. Right? His word, his power, his spirit, the Christ, the anointing is in me. But we're doing this. What are we doing? What are we thinking? We're hoping, we're hoping, we're playing like this, just hoping, hoping that sickness doesn't get to me, man. Somebody buried the doors, right? Don't let it in. There's stewardship. Don't misunderstand me. Duh. There's stewardship, but there's no fear. There's no submission. There's no worry. There's no anxiety about it. I, I'm not. <laughs> Verse 12. You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and the hills were burst into song, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. That sounds like a party. Joy and peace on the other side of what? His words. His word. Where once there was thorns, listen, make it personal. Anybody got any thorns in their life? Anybody got any barren lands in their life? Anybody got something in your life that you wish was a little healthier? See, you hear that word wish? How to wash my mouth with soap. We're making wishes and luck and knocking on wood. Clear this microphone. Where once there were thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events, listen, will bring great honor to the Lord's name. They will be an everlasting sign of his power and his love. <laughs> Where's the power at? Where's it at? It's in his word. Well, I just hope I don't get sick this season. Well, I'm just, I'm worried about the economy. Well, I'm worried about, I'm worried about this election. Well, I'm. I'm afraid, you know, I'm going to get laid off. Let me tell you something. My hope is in none of that. Go vote. Choose wisely. Get laid off. Get a new job. My hope is in him to provide. Do what you got to do. I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to live in fear about it. I'm going to profess God's word over my life. My hope is in his word that has the power to produce his provision. Not that boss. 
you're kissing butt to your boss. Am I wrong? Believers, Christians everywhere. We're, we're doing what we got to do to get in with the boss because we need him to come through for us. Where once there was thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. They will be an everlasting sign of the power and love. God wants to do a work in your life and your life scream glory back to him. His grace, his word, his love, his power comes in. We activate it. We change the atmosphere. We open our mouth. We change what we listen to. We change what we watch. And we, most importantly, we dictate what comes out of our mouth. We put a guard on our tongue. And it produces joy and peace. And trees are singing. And things that were barren are fruitful. And people go, wow. And God gets glory. Man, your life just seems to be everything else is doing this and you're doing this. Yeah, man, come to church with me. Uh, church is church. It's not, it's not about church. This is the opportunity. So it is about church. This is the greatest, easiest opportunity. So much of what we try to create are activities and events to invite people to. That's what church is. It's the body of Christ where we get fed, we grow, but it's also to invite people in. We've got to make room for people. Guess what? They're going to smell funny. Well, what does that mean? Without an ox, the stalls are clean. But where there's an ox, there's great increase. They're going to have issues. I tease all the time in, in service in Van Buren, invite somebody you don't like to church, would you? Well, I don't want them to come. This is my church. <laughs> you see how warped, how warped, we are sometimes. Isn't it goofy? John chapter 15. Touched on it a while ago. But if you remain in me, verse 7, and my words remain in you, you may ask anything you want and it will be granted. Woo! Jackpot! Right, guys? Woo! I can get whatever I want. Genie in a bottle. It's his words that will produce his fruit in your life. You can ask whatever you want, but your wants are going to sound like his word, and it's going to be in line with what he wants in your life, through your life, and for the people around you. We read that verse and think it's for our comforts. It's about the fruit. Listen, verse 16. Same chapter. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Thank you, Lord. Watch this. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Stop. Time. Pause. Back to verse 11 of Isaiah 55. It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Boom, back to John 15, verse 16. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So that, everybody say so that. When you accept the mission to go and produce 
lasting fruit with his word. When you accept the responsibility and you say, I'm going to be about it. So that I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. But what are you asking for? I'm asking for lasting fruit in your life. I'm declaring and speaking God's word into your life. I'm going to tell you God's promise. I'm going to tell you how valuable you are. I'm going to tell you who God is. I'm going to tell you how great God is because it's the goodness of God that inspires you to want to change. That leads to repentance as you learned it in scripture. It is the goodness of God. So what's going to come out of my mouth? Well, I just hope the economy. Well, it's sixth season. Well, it's, ooh, man, man, I got a bill. Man, my kid, man, my Do everything without complaining and arguing. Man, have you ever been in an atmosphere where people are just complaining? I know you have. I was around it yesterday. I go, bro, quit being so crabby. What is the deal? He's complaining about this guy and how he's working. And then this person is complaining about this person. I said, hey, tell me something positive about anybody you work with. Flip it. Because it's, it's, it's dark and it's dirty and it's weighty. You've been in a room where everybody's negative? How about we speak some life? How about we speak a promise of God in our life? We live in this downcast. This, this, the Bible says in, in Proverbs 12, 25, that anxiety leads to depression. But a good word makes it glad. Tell yourself a good word. The Bible says in Psalms, my heart overflows with a good theme. Does your heart overflow with a good theme? If not, why? Do you need, do you need a theme for your life? Do you need a good theme to put in? My heart overflows with a good theme. So I'm not going to live in the muck and the mire down here. I'm not going to think that way and talk that way. and live. I don't want to live down here. Do I, do I have to deal with some of it? Yeah, it's around me, just like yesterday, just like last night. I have issues, work issues, things, but I'm not going to let it into my heart. I'm not going to let it change the mission and vision of my life. I'm not going to let it change who I am and what I'm about. We're building something great. You guys that are builders in here, man, there's adversities on the building project, but you don't give up on the project. We stumble in, in, in sin on this race that we're running. We make mistakes. We fall down. But that's different than failing in your faith. I'm running this race. I fell down. Guess who's there to pick me up? You are. Hey, bro, you made a mistake. Own it. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Translation, get up, put some dirt on it. Let's go. We're still going. Or, I'm out of this race. I'm done. I've been running and running. I'm winded. My knees are scratched up. Stop. Stumbling, making mistakes. We all do it. Make room and make allowance for one another. This is what Colossians 3 says. Make allowance for one another. Forgiving one another. Knowing, remembering that Heavenly Father, God forgave you. Get up. Come on, buddy. You fell down. And I fell down yesterday. Get up. Keep running. Don't quit. Right? Finish strong. Verse 18, or chapter 18, verse 21. The tongue 
can produce death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Very dangerous ground for me. I better be intentional about what's in here because that's what's coming out of here. Are you hearing me? It is not what goes in the mouth that defiles a man. It is what comes out of his mouth. And the abundance of the heart comes out of the mouth. You better be intentional about the good theme of your life coming out because that's what's going to come out of your mouth. The power of God's word is in your tongue. The power of let me say it differently. The power that produces God results in your life is in your mouth. But we talk like everybody else talks. Because we watch what everybody else watches. And we want to fit in. We don't want to sound ridiculous to them. It's hard to, it's hard to explain the depth of why I'm I have my heart overflows with a good theme. I don't, I don't have enough time here at this little five-minute break in the kitchen. <laughs> but let them see it. Let them hear it. Let them see the good theme of your life. There's life and death in the power of your tongue. The New King James says, says that it's there. And those who love it, eat it. Thank you, my New King James people. Eat its Fruit. Fruit. What is the fruit of your mouth? What is the fruit of your life that's dictated by your mouth, your words? Verse 19 of Deuteronomy chapter 30, I believe. Today I have given you the choice. Stop. We don't like that. Because now it's on me. And I really, really like having somebody else to blame. I really, really, really like being able to blame God. I really, really like being able to blame Pastor Jerry. I really, really like being able to blame my wife. I really like being able to blame the people in the church. I really like having somebody else to blame, so let's not really focus on that part of the verse. We focus on the life and death, and we go, woo, the word, and God, woo. Today, I have given you the choice. Here's what I tell my children. Scripture, today is the day the Lord has made, right? He made life. He made the earth. He made the sun come up or the earth rotate or whatever's going on there, right? <laughs> he, he created it. He caused it to happen. He breathed life in my lungs. He causes the rain to fall. He put the apple tree in the seed. He, 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 his grace, his generosity, his love, him, he, who, it starts with him. Gave me the choice. Today is the day the Lord made. I will, now before we rejoice, I will choose to rejoice. I will rejoice. I have to choose to rejoice. I have to re choose to rejoice and be glad in it. I will. I'm emphasizing the choosing there. We want God to grab us by the scruff of the neck and say, rejoice. <laughs> so then we go watch a couple hours of Fox News and listen to some trash on the radio. and We can't figure out why we can't want to rejoice. Giggles. 
truth. Right? We get caught up in the same conversation. We're speaking death and wondering why we can't rejoice. But we know that verse. Because my heart has to overflow with a good theme. Where's the good theme coming from? Where's my heart going to overflow from? Man, i got to put the gospel, the word, the God's promises in front of me. Today I have given you the choice between life and death. Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue can bring death or life. Today I've given you the choice between life and death, death and life, between blessings and curses. And then he says, now I call on all of heaven and all of earth to witness the choice you make. Can I read that line one more time? He calls on all of heaven, up, under, all of heaven and all of earth witnesses the choice that you make. Meaning, when I choose life, there's a flow of God's presence in my life. When I choose death, there's a different flow in my life. Everybody witnesses my choice. Own it. You get to choose. Life and death, blessings and curses. I call on all of heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. And then listen to the passion in this. There's an exclamation point on it. So this is where I really get to scream. So I'll, you know, now I've been saving up. Oh, that you would choose life. Oh, that you would choose life. You don't have to. Have you ever wanted something for somebody so bad? Oh, oh, that you would choose life. Please. Paul said, I'm an ambassador. Pleading with you. Pleading. Oh, my gosh, will you please return to Jesus? He's pleading with you. Here's, here's the author, God, Moses. Oh, that you would choose life. So that, everybody say so that, so that again, there it is, so that, S-O-W, so that, just came to me, I'm going to write it down, new message, so that you and your descendants might live. I mean, two plus two is, yeah, pretty easy stuff here, guys, pretty simple, it's very simple. I know it's not always easy. It's not always easy to execute. I know. It's simple. It's not always easy. This could not be any simpler. I've, made it, I've given you the choice between life and death. Oh, that you would choose life. The passion, listen, the demonstration of God's heart on the cross ties with the passion that you would choose the benefit of what he did for you. Why would he do this and not have the same passion and, and, and desire for all oh, that you would choose this? John 3.16, for God so loved the world that whosoever, whosoever, whoever wants to, not everybody has to, 
For God so loved the world that whosoever would believe in him, he's sitting here. God has done everything he's going to do. He gave his son. He paid the price. He forgave you. He saved you. He delivered you. He rescued you. He's done everything he's going to do. And now he's, all oh, that you would choose this. Choose me. Choose my heart. Choose me that you may live. I want you to live. I'm giving you the choice. So we complain about the dynamics in our home. We complain about the marriage. We complain about the kids. We complain about the money. We complain about the economy. And it's producing nothing. It's producing no fruit. So what do we do? We find some kind of escape. Because this church thing isn't working. So let's go find something else to do to suppress and to hide and to forget about it for a while. The world's on a crash course. We all sense it and feel it. We know it. There's no hope in it. So let's go find something to do to not think about it. Why are we surprised that the world's going to get worse? We already knew that. You can't fix it. We can't fix it. But here's how we can bring life and healing before impact. Are you ready? James chapter 3. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. Hey, man, I didn't write it. For we who teach will be judged more strictly. Shoot. Verse 2. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. Phew. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Aren't you? Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, <laughs> we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Will you, will you read that for yourself? Seriously. If you could control this, you get to control this. Are you going to make a mistake with this? Yes. Is there a process of renewing your mind? Yes. Is there a pro process of retraining your vocabulary? Yes. Is there a process of not putting your hope in this, but not putting your hope in this? Yes, there's a process. And so I'm learning I'm, I'm adapting, I'm adopting, I'm, 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 I'm sowing this seed in my heart. I'm sowing it. I'm putting it in because it's going to produce, it's going to come out of my mouth. If I could control my tongue, perfect, could also control ourselves another way. Verse 3, we can make a large horse go wherever we want. Guess what? You're the large horse. Can I get a nay? Just kidding. <laughs> You're the large horse. There, by a little bridle in its mouth, we can dictate a large horse. This little muscle can dictate your life. I can, I can make a large horse go wherever I want by means of a small bit in its mouth. 
A small rudder makes a huge ship. You're the huge ship. Turn wherever the pilot chooses. Chooses. He gets to steer the ship wherever he chooses. This big ship, he chooses to turn the rudder to direct the ship wherever he wants. Even though the winds are strong. Do you have winds of adversity that are strong in your life? This can steer the ship wherever you want it to go, even though there's strong winds of adversity all around you. The power of God's word on your tongue is not submitted or dictated by the winds. So we see the circumstances and go, hmm. When I have access to the eternal power here to speak to it. And again, we want to go easy on this and we start making excuses because I went to the gym once and I didn't lose 50 pounds. I work harder to get to the gym than I do at the gym. I went to the gym once. I ate a, a gluten-free muffin. I can't figure out why the weight didn't come off. Nina. And, uh, okay. Um, we, have, we have inside weight jokes. <laughs> but the point is, one time, I said it one time, and nothing changed. You're going to get out of here in a minute. I'm going to dismiss you. And you're going to go back in the same car you rode here in. And it's going to smell the same way when you got in it this morning. Unless somebody washed our cars out there today. And you're going to go back to the same house. And you get to accept and believe and choose that this is it. Or you get to hear what I'm saying and choose that this is it. And I'm going to start imposing his will on my life with this even though the winds are strong in the same way the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire how about we start some fires in our life how about we create some change in our life and we think well if I could just get the weight off if I could just get more money, if I could just get in that new neighborhood, if I could just get that promotion, if I could just get that new car, if I could just get these external stuff, stop it. It's right here. Nina preached this a while back, whenever, at some point in our lifetime, believe in your heart and then confess with your mouth unto salvation. I believe it, therefore I speak it. I believe it, it's mine because of this, because I see his heart. Look, pat, look past the surface of this for a minute and see the heart of the one who created you. This is God reaching in his pocket and paying for it. This is him forgiving you. This is him delivering you. This is him saving you. This is him making his word available for you. 
This is him rescuing you. This is him giving you eternity life with him. This is him making himself available to you. This is the demonstration of his love for you. I believe it. And now I'm going to impose. I'm going to impose God's will. I'm going to impose God's will. The wind is blowing in my face. My hair is whipping in the wind. It's blowing in my face. And I'm going to continue to direct this ship until it stops, until I get where I'm going. It's in your hands, and it's in my hands. And I'm going to finish with this thought. It's in your hands, and it's not if you do, he'll do. He did. You have, and it goes for him. You get to dictate this part. That's all I got. I'm really tired. Father, we love you. We praise you for who you are. God, it's your word that is life. It is your word that you sent to heal us and deliver us from our destructions. <laughs> you sent your word to heal us and deliver us from our destructions. Father, forgive us where we've fallen. Forgive us where we've made mistakes. And we receive it by faith. We receive your grace by faith. We believe that God raised Jesus from the dead in three days. And we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. Go ahead, church. With your mouth, Jesus is Lord. One more time. Jesus is Lord. One more time. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord of your finances. Jesus is Lord of your health. Jesus is Lord of your marriage. Jesus is Lord of your hopes and dreams. Jesus is Lord of your life. Jesus is Lord. Open your mouth. Declare it. Live it. Walk in it. Choose life.